What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 10 of The Critic, The Geek, and The Girl. Uh, I'm Aaron. Danae is here as well. Danae, say hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, Danae is the girl, in case you hadn't put that together. Yeah, it's and hard to tell. The geek is here, too. He can hear everything we're saying. He can see us. He just has incompatible video drivers right now. Guys, so. apparently his computer crashed. 8.1 did not go well for the upgrade. Yeah, Windows 8.1 really messed things up. So I think he's had to completely, over like the last two days, go back to Windows 8, and now he's trying to make sure that his... Video his, card uh, and everything. Camera yes. driver right now, I think, is what he's working on. Yes, he's also he's also texting me. He says, hiya, folks. I'll text you out of nowhere. That's what he says. <laughs> I feel oh, so bad for Cap. Oh, I hear oh, you. I heard him. Cap lives. Hi! There's how's no video. It, how's it going? Good. Yeah. We don't have any video yet, but we've got your audio. I'm working on the video bit, but I got the microphone to work. So <laughs> bringing... We got incremental progress, folks. <laughs> it's like you're bringing it to life before our very eyes. All right. Well, it's good to... Then I don't even have to change my... my you know, I don't have to look at my phone anymore. So, Danae, kick us off with the theme song. Oh, gosh, okay. The critic, he's legit the geek. His computer quit the girl. She's the critic quit. <laughs> it's the critic, the geek, and the girl. <laughs> very nice, very nice indeed. Oh, I just, I just up with that. Well done. Yeah, of course. So we got some stuff on the docket, but as always, I kind of like to start with kind of like what's going on in your life, and that'll give Cap a little more time to hopefully get us his beautiful face in front of us here uh, pretty soon. So, Danae, we'll start with you, and I want to I want to lead you here. Cooking. Tell me all about adventures in cooking with Danae. Uh, well, I'm not the best cook, but I've been experimenting lately <laughs> with like actually making a meal and following recipes and things, but. Earlier today, I put in a turkey roll-up into the toaster oven, so it's just a tortilla and cheese and a couple things of turkey, like deli meat, and mm -hmm. then I forgot that it was in the toaster, and so 
<laughs> all of a sudden, I was like in here trying to set stuff up for the video, and I was like, I'm hungry. I never ate. <laughs> so then I ran in there, and it was like a turkey pizza. I'll tweet a picture of it. I'm going to tweet a picture of it. It is impressive. Good deal. Good deal. The good news is, though, you, you've made some amazing chocolate chip cookies recently. You've discovered that there's there actually use for, like, flour and sugar and combining ingredients. Yeah. I've been very successful. I'm apparently really good at making cookies. Well, that's all you need. I mean, who needs turkey roll-ups when you have chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> good point. Um, I should also mention, before we continue on, that this is, uh, of course, a live show. We plan on doing this at about 3 p.m., Central uh, every other Saturday. Uh, today we got started a little bit late. Obviously, there's computer issues, um, different things like that. So apologize for that, but we'll try to get started as close to um, 3 p.m. every other Saturday as possible. And if you're watching live, uh, or even if you're actually watching recorded, there's actually an event page where you watch this from that allows you to be a little more interactive. There's like a Q&A button, which if I'm not mistaken is kind of is maybe up in this corner somewhere and you press that and you can ask us questions right here and we'll see it uh, kind of in our um, side thing here and we'll be able to select those and then those will be in the show. So, hey look! It's Cap! It's Lizzie Man, I, I should have shaved or something. <laughs> Dude, you've been like in fixed computer mode for 48 hours. No showering for you. No shaving. Just well, work. I mean, I mean, I, I'm exaggerating slightly. I took a nap, but it wasn't a very long nap. <laughs> I can't well, even imagine. It is absolutely uh, wonderful to see you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back. Hello, <laughs> hello, everyone. Anyway, yeah, uh, the computer thing has been insane. Uh, Windows forced me to upgrade 8.1. My video card wasn't compatible. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything, and I basically had to reset back to factory. It was bad. Anyway, so. Um, but things are working now, and uh, I'm just—it's fun—it's fun discovering all the little things that I have to reinstall that I didn't remember that I that I had. You, know, you, you run into a thing, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I need that program too." Okay. <laughs> yeah, man, there are there are fewer scarier words to put together in the English language than factory reset. Yeah. It's like, oh, especially one that up. you haven't prepared for, where you haven't done a backup for a while. Eh, that's never good. Yeah, yeah. I just tweeted you guys. I just tweeted you a picture of my roll-up in case you want to see it. Oh, you tweeted it. <laughs> I want you. I, I did something called a screen write on my Galaxy Note 4, aka this gigantic beast. Oh, wow. Um, I, I can tweet it just so you know. I think you tweeted from the wrong account. You may want to. Oh, oh, right. Reverse and tweet, tweet from that. your actual account. Sure. Anyway, so I um have this ability to write on this. Screen, so you take a picture, and then you write on the screen, and then you can like have this new way of setting it up. So I'll tweet again. Thank you for letting me know that, Aaron. Yeah, no problem. So, okay. so yes, yeah, so we would love to see your amazing cooking. Um, and you know, that's kind of you would consider that what like a turkey roll-up factory reset, and then that was uh, bad. Yeah. Then... What about your? So what's your factory reset, Aaron? Uh, man, in my house, it's a musical factory reset. Uh, all my boys have decided that they want to play in band over the course of them growing up. I've got four boys. And so the other day, they we had a French horn, a trumpet, that? and a tuba at my house practicing at the same time, which usually isn't too bad, except, man, tubas go through walls. Like, nothing stops the sound of a tuba. <laughs> it's like drums. For reals. Drum, well, drums, yeah, drums are pretty, you know... 
piercing as well. So, anyways, that's been my life. I've had like a musical factory reset. <laughs> did we lose you? Did we lose you, Cap? Are you still there? I'm I'm here. Can you guys hear me? I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. Now you're good. You're I'm good. hearing myself in my headset. Like a couple seconds afterwards, we've got some kind of bizarre lag thing. Okay. Cool. And it's well, not. My, and it's not my fault because I'm wearing headphones. There's not. A, there's not anything else I can do about it. Yeah. I've got no, headphones. I, I can try to fix it. No, no, no. I don't think it's a sound thing. I think it's just an internet thing. I think it's just um, kind of a lag getting to and from. Yeah, well, let's get into it uh, before we lose anybody. <laughs> let's uh, let's start off. Are with you guys hearing? Are you hearing Aaron slow down? Huh. No. No, Aaron. Okay. You and Aaron are are kind of normal. Um, it seems like I'm the one that's lagging. I tell you what, guys. I think we'd be better off with just a couple of coke cans with a string, really. But <laughs> that's true. It could work. Could work. Well, let's get into the conversation that I am most excited about of the three. I'm actually excited about all these, but better call Saul. I cannot wait to talk about this uh, with you guys. Um, of course, it's the prequel-ish to Breaking Bad, and uh, we're in, what, three episodes in, and Bob Odenkirk stars as, you know, Saul, and we're kind of in his life where he is obviously trying to start this law practice, and we're just learning a lot about him and kind of his world, but I wanted to go ahead and talk about it a little bit, because I think three episodes in, we're really getting a sense of what this show might be. So, Cap, I want to start with you. What do you think about Better Call Saul? Okay, uh... I wasn't sold on it the first two episodes, and I thought that the, the, the third episode really, uh, really kind of sucked me more into it and made me more interested in moving forward. Um, it it doesn't it, it doesn't write off uh, have its own identity. Uh, it, it like it feels like just let's do more Breaking Bad, but we can't use that character because spoiler alert, we kill that guy off. So let's go back in time and pick somebody else that's available. Um, and and like. Uh, I like, I mean, I like Bob Odenkirk. I like, uh, I, I, I like the kind of parallels they're doing early with, uh, with how like Saul Goodman is is a guy who doesn't want to get mixed up in the stuff, but feels like he has to. He's got sort of desperate thing, and also he's good at it. And in that way, he's actually got very much a Walter White thing going on, where like both of them are just kind of good at it. But the difference is Walter has like myriad points where he can get out of it. And, uh, and 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 Bob Odenkirk's character, uh, Saul, kind of gets stuck just constantly um, having to stay in it uh, from like one mistake he made. The big problem I've got with it right out the front is kind of a faulty premise. I'm having a tough time with the Tuco thing. Um, it it it's too, it's way way too convenient, and that being kind of the catalyst that gets the whole ball rolling, I think was a giant misstep. Um, moving forward, no matter how good this show is, I'm gonna be really surprised if they can ever get me retroactively to a point where I'm okay with that. That really hits you hard, then. You really now, Danae, you, you're not. This is what I love about um, about our conversation here with Danae. And Danae, you still with us here? Yes, however, it has been cutting in and out amazingly. You guys sound like robots. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but so I think I caught like... some of it. Okay, I, okay. I caught, I caught some of what Captain was saying, but I'm still stuck on where you said this is somehow tied to Breaking Bad, because I am so confused. 
Yes, this is what I was about to say. Danae has no point of reference for this show whatsoever. She is coming to it completely clean as a show by itself. She doesn't have the Breaking Bad reference. She didn't even know it had anything to do with Breaking Bad. So she is coming to this about as pure as you can get, which is the reason I'm excited to hear what she has to say. So before we get into the Tuco stuff, which I want to I talk about. Captain has his hand raised. Yes, Captain yeah, Logan. I've got a big question for Danae right out the gate. This is really, okay. this is really interesting because prequels are, uh, the mark of a good prequel is if you can watch it without it just being a gimmick uh, where it's completely informed by what came before and after it, depending on how you look at it. Danae, I want to know if you were bored. No, but but I've only seen the first episode because I couldn't get the next two to play. So at this oh. point, I am so not bored. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Okay. Who is this guy? What is his life? What am I seeing? Man, am I hungry for a Cinnabon? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, boy, that made me never want one of those again. What are you, what are you what? talking about? That made those look really gross. Really? I was yeah. like, mmm, Cinnabon. <laughs> Cinnabon's ruining people's lives. Stay away. So, so, Aaron, you had a question, though. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm really excited to hear from you. I think we've heard, you know, kind of a little bit because the the point that Cap was making was about a character that was in Breaking Bad that kind of felt forced into the plot. Now, if you've only seen one episode, you haven't you haven't seen necessarily that interaction yet. Um, but I just, I wanted to hear that from you of like, you know, how watching this with, you know, not any point of reference felt as a TV show because I think... You know, those of us who love Breaking Bad and watch this have a completely different set of eyeballs that we're watching it with. You know, we're watching it, comparing it to things, and, you know, trying to understand how it relates. And we know this character from the future, and so now we're trying to figure out, you know, who he is in the past and all that kind of stuff. And I just wonder, do we think, even as a group, and maybe this is the question we can answer, uh, do we feel like this show is, um, is geared towards Breaking Bad fans or just... Everybody. I don't think, I mean, for me, I didn't feel like I was being excluded. I felt like I was being shown a character and things were being revealed to me in like these really interesting series. I like the way that they're telling the story. I like their humor beat. Like, it's just, it's very relaxed. It's a very confident show. It doesn't spoon feed a lot, you know? And I also really like the sets. Like, um, for example, the, the courtroom scene, uh, there's like this pile of boxes behind the security guard and you can tell that they've been picked up and manhandled a lot you know they paid attention to a lot of details and we we had a lot of different scenes in the first episode um, we were outdoors we were indoors we were in multiple places and at no point did I have an understanding of what kind of a person he entirely was because you're kind of being shown he's quirky he's He's either really confident, he knows what he do, he's doing, but then the more it develops, he's like, no, he's really in bad shape. Like, this guy might not know what he's doing unless he's swindling people. So I was very engaged the entire time, and I really liked the way that it was being filmed, like, just from the perspective of, like, the cameras. And to be in black and white at the very beginning was really fun for me because colors can be distracting, and so it really took me into the emotion of the people that were on the film. I was just so curious about who they were and the standoff, and I did get hungry for Cinnabons again, as mentioned. So, I don't know. I really have enjoyed the first one. I'm curious what's going to happen on the second one because um, the pilot ends with um, him being 
you know, taken into a house in a not so great situation. And so I don't know what's going to develop from that. And I guess because there is so much more to know from the Breaking Bad, I have no point of reference. I never watched any of those episodes or anything. I know, like, the main symbols of them, the mask and rain suit. I don't know what that was. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, let me give you just a little bit of kind of my summary opinion of Better Call Saul after three episodes. I love it. I am totally on board. Uh, uh, I have really enjoyed that it has that feel like you talked about, that it maintained um, this real dramatic feel but kept, you know, that quirky sense of humor. And the worries I had about taking a side character and making them central have, after three episodes, pretty much erased in my mind. I think Bob Odenkirk can completely pull it off as a central dramatic presence, um, and and I'm buying in hook, line, and sinker. What do you think, Cap? Any other thoughts? Um, well, I... I've got kind of a wait-and-see attitude on it, Aaron. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not taken in yet. Uh, like I said, I thought that the uh, I thought the third episode gave me a much clearer sense of what the show is going to be moving forward. Um, but, man, it, it has prequelitis a little bit. I mean, it's really got a lot of problems that I have, at least right out the gate, uh, with a lot of other prequel things where it's, it's relying too much on recognition of characters. Uh, I think if I didn't know Breaking Bad, I'd like it more. Uh, and with, with what you mentioned, uh, with, with what you were asking earlier, Aaron, about, like, is this for Breaking Bad fans or is it for people that have I can't imagine there are very many people at all that are, that are watching the show without having seen Breaking Bad, mostly because that show was so insanely popular, and uh, you know... What does the, that say about me? First, first week, uh, it says that you were assigned it for the show. <laughs> but, any, but anyway, um, I'm just saying that you were, but anyway. Um, the, the, uh, it, it had, like, I think the, the, the record for uh, cable premiere, and you can't tell me that a bunch of people were like, oh, I've heard of this Breaking Bad thing, but I've not watched it yet. Let's start with Better Call Saul. No. Um, <laughs> everybody that tuned in that week had watched it because they were thirsty for more of the Breaking Bad format. Um, I think it's it, it, first two episodes I thought were really slow, and Breaking Bad moves at a slow pace too. But I'm always engaged because of um, because of uh, Walter White's character, and I, I'm I'm uh, it's it's a character study. It's a character study here too. It's just that we're only a couple episodes in, and and it's got all that baggage behind it. So it like. This is a show that feels like it's, in a way, it's been on for a long time because, in a way, it has, if that makes any sense. And so, um, it's informed. I just think that the cinematography and the pacing is informed too much by the show that came before it. I, I, I I'm kind of hoping that it kind of develops as a series its own character uh, and doesn't feel like it's just more Breaking Bad with a different character. Because so far, third, again, third episode was better, but so far, I'm just not sure that the format fits quite right with this character. I think it should be moving at a little bit of a, of, of, of a quicker clip. It, it's like, like you want, the, you want the, the feel of the show to reflect the main character. That, we had that with Walter White. I don't know that we have that yet with, uh, with, with, with Saul. I guess, we'll, I guess we'll see moving forward. And again, I thought that they, that they got a lot closer third time out, or th third episode out, but anyway. Lots of, lots of thoughts. Uh, one, you mentioned baggage, uh, the baggage of having Breaking Bad before it. Uh, I think that's a valuable thing to talk about. Um, I think what you're feeling as a Breaking Bad fan, and what I'm apparently not struggling with as much, is that baggage in them trying to 
uh, honor it and at the same time release it. And so I wonder if it's just going to be this this process of kind of fighting through for its own identity. Um, to be honest, I like that it feels like Breaking Bad. I like that it's slow paced. I like that that um, that it feels like it, it has the same dramatic feel because it's created by the same people, and so that's kind of how they like to tell stories. And I think that's different than a lot of stuff that's on TV and was one of the reasons I loved tuning into Breaking Bad, so I'm glad there's another show that's kind of embracing that style, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, but the problem with that is that the style came naturally out of the character study the, the first time out. Here, for me so far, it feels too much like, oh, we got to have more... Uh, Breaking Bad. So, what can we do to 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 get to get back? It doesn't feel authentic like it did the first time out. Um, See, for me, I feel like uh, in many ways, uh, Saul Goodman is is like Walter White in this situation. In that we're is. finding somebody who is good at something he doesn't want to be good at. Yeah. You know. So it, it, they're kind of touching on those same notes, and I I think it's working. I think like I'm getting a sense for this character that this is a person who he's at his best when he is swindling people, but he doesn't want to be a swindler. He really yeah. doesn't. And I think there's something really cool and dramatic about that. On, on paper, I think that's all great. I mean, thematically, I think it's working. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more complaining about style so far. And also some plot point choices. And like I said, the Tuco thing's not working. Um, and, and even the, even the, the Mike Ehrmantraut thing um, isn't quite working for me. Um, like, like, I think it's kind of fun that that's how they meet, and I like that... And I'm not complaining that he's there already. Certainly, they had to meet somehow. But it seems too much like the first first episode out is kind of like the first time that he even notices Mike. It would have been it would have felt more organic if it, like you got more of a sense that they had been dealing with each other for months before that. I mean, like everything just seems really convenient. I don't know. That's tough, man. I feel like I feel like you're bringing your baggage to it. You know, like I feel like you know. Yeah, man. Let's talk about that. Do you need to let something go? <laughs> I think like if, take a if, deep breath. And, and that's one of the reasons I, I'm I'm glad to have Danae in on this conversation is because she has kind of those pure eyes. She doesn't have any of that baggage, you know, to look at it. Uh, Danae, what's like a as you as you watched it, what was something that stood out to you? Like do you have an example of something you liked or didn't like about kind of what they chose to do? I really liked all of it. I think because I was really interested in who this person was and not a lot about him was revealed at once and I don't know if it's I liked that pacing I don't know if I'm gonna like the pacing going forward you know maybe there are some things that should be moved forward but you know I've got questions about the guy's life and things like that um, I, I liked everybody in it actually even like the two skaters for example um, I thought they were hilarious and it's just because it's all comfortable and still it's not forced they're not you know being goofy, it's just the way that they interacted was entertaining to me. So I think maybe because it's something that's so different, I and I also had no idea what kind of I don't know what kind of show I'm watching. Like, is this a you know like you want to put it into a category? And so I'm like, okay, is this going to be just a, about a person? Is this a or is this like a murder mystery type show? Because I seriously had no idea what I was watching. So it was very. I still don't really know what's going to happen or how it relates to the other show at all because I don't even know what the other show is about. So I'm assuming it's all character-driven, in which case I hope he stays interesting. So uh, let me address kind of uh, my thoughts on bringing Tuco back and, of course, you know, Mike in the parking garage. Um, by the way, uh, I think he was in the first episode, wasn't he? I don't even know who Tuco is. is the parking garage? I don't know who Tuco is. 
No, no the yeah, parking group. Yeah, no, no, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's there right away. Yeah, so, Mike's there um, like the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the parking garage attendant, who forces him to go back and get stickers. Do you remember that guy? Today? Yes, I think so. So yeah. he was a main character in Breaking Bad. So you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, that he's there, and then one of the uh, um, somebody you haven't seen yet, who is a drug dealer, was also in in Breaking Bad. Um, and they've just announced recently, I think, there are rumors floating around that actually Jesse and Walt may be in season two uh, of uh, Better Call Saul, and they're both from Breaking Bad. Uh, and I'm with you, Cap, in the sense that I think they need to let go of that. Like, I think they need to find those connecting points and then find their own thing. Um, because in many ways, and you're, you're probably sensitive to this as a Star Trek fan in the way you are, it feels like there's a difference between paying homage and uh, cheap cameos. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, but but but, here, but here's my issue, and I and I want to address something you said earlier because I, I you can't you can't say oh I'm bringing baggage and I not respond to that. Um, <laughs> well, we could. We could. We're, we're looking. We're looking at a. We're looking at a prequel, Aaron. We're looking at uh, a series. A series of events that happens before a series of events we've seen already. That's got to feel natural. I've got to buy. That uh, especially the major stuff uh, that I'm being sold as uh, as as uh, this is this is what happened before is not informed too much by uh, what we saw in the future because that linearly hasn't happened yet. Uh, and, that, and that's why I say prequelitis. So um, really, I'm supposed to buy that just in a different city, no less, out of nowhere, he just happens to deal with Tuco early on. And the other problem is that in Breaking Bad, um, I never got a sense that. He had ever dealt with Tuco, and there's discussion with Saul about Tuco. Seems kind of forced to me, and so I mean, like, and also, um, I like, like, like you're talking about getting getting far away from Breaking Bad. Um, I think they're gonna marry them. Uh, I don't think this is really another series. I think that it's more Breaking Bad uh, because of the way it opens. Um, we start in the future. Uh, Danae, you don't know this, but the events that uh, open that, that show where you see him uh, older working at the cinema place, uh, that's well after the events of Breaking Bad. Um, he's looking back on everything and uh, missing his glory years. And uh, what we have here is both a prequel and a sequel at the same time. They're going to try to marry these two things together, Aaron, and I'm afraid that some of those events just aren't, just are going to feel uh, uh, way too like forced and written and not natural. And the reason I'm disappointed with that is because Breaking Bad was so good at not making things feel I feel forced like that, not making things feel contrived, and that Tuco thing is, and and it wouldn't be a, as big of a problem if it was like you said, just a cameo, but it's not. It's the impetus that gets the ball rolling. That's the problem yeah. with it. Yeah, and it starts thing, everything going. It it's the reason Saul becomes Saul. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting. Um, I, I'll buy in. I'll buy into the Tuco thing specifically being over um, overreaching because. Really, it didn't have to be that way. It could no. have been. It could have been anybody else. A new character. It could have been anybody. It didn't and have to be him. The I don't stuff know if you had this, but I didn't have any sense. Sorry, I didn't have any sense of tension 
in the scene uh, where he's where he's trying to get out of getting being being killed. I mean, I liked that. I liked how he gets out of it. Uh, that's very Saul. Uh, but like, there was no tension because I know Tuco. I know where this is gonna go. I've been here and done this already. Uh, it's played just like the the first time Tuco deals with White with with Walter White, and it and it plays too long. We've we've been there and see that thing in the desert. We've we've done this already. Yeah, I find it really interesting uh, that when we talked about the show beforehand, I had all these concerns, and you were really excited, and now I'm kind of on board, and you're having you know problems. I wonder if expectations play a little bit into this as well, because I wasn't well, expecting yeah. They do, but I didn't. You know, I, I just kind of thought that maybe story-wise it would be a little bit dull. You know, that was that was my big worry. Was I was just like, I don't know if there's a story here. I think there is a story here, but and you're right, expectations do play in. But you got to understand that I have I, I have studied and reviewed a lot of prequels, and prequels are hard to get right, and um and they're making some rookie mistakes right out the gate. Yeah, I think that's I I think that's completely fair, and I appreciate you kind of expanding on that a little bit. Let's talk about the good stuff, the stuff you like. Cap, certainly there was some stuff, you know, that oh, you yeah. go, you know, they're doing this really, really well. Uh, yeah, let me give you my big three. Number one, Michael McKean. Michael McKean's one of my favorite actors. Yay, he's in this. Uh, I will complain that I didn't know until the third episode that they were brothers, and that was driving me crazy. Like, why is this guy important? Why is he like great? Um, Isn't that a great reveal? I thought that was a great reveal. Uh, I think we needed to know it earlier, but maybe okay. you're, maybe you're right. I don't know. Um, this is not a show that watches well week to week. I wish I was binging it. Uh, it's it's another novel on screen. I wish I could watch them all together. Then maybe you would be right. But I didn't like waiting three weeks to find that out. That was kind of re- now. You're right though. It was done naturally. They would never have any reason to come out and say. Hi, bro, wink, so the audience knows that that's who it is. Um, so, so yay for Michael McKean. Um, I really like him as being kind of like the voice of reason and the anchor uh, for Saul and the reason that he's, you know, trying to do good things uh, and, and all of that. Um, Odenkirk is, is, is still hilarious, and uh, there's this really cool, subtle, like, kind of proto-Saul going on. I really like that. Um, it, it, just, just in, in, in it, that seems natural too. And also, this notion of making it a prequel, a sequel, and a prequel at the same time is really, is really exciting to me, if they can pull it off. Uh, but opening it the way they opened it, where he's watching the old tapes, they, he had me with that. I thought that was really super cool. Yeah, um, I love the Saul being Saul moments when you start to get glimpses of you know him doing his thing. Uh, yeah. The board, the boardroom scene so far is my favorite scene of the first three episodes. I, I just love him marching into that boardroom and telling them how it's going to be. I think that was episode one. I kind of watched them close together. It was. So, Danae, you probably saw that scene as well. But just those moments where he just gets to be Saul and just, you know, you just feel like he's he's the, the snakiest guy in the room and yet somehow he's going to get, you know, get what he needs. I just, I that blows me away, that stuff. It's just such great writing, it feels like. It is, and I think it's really cool that he does his Saul thing, and he's always so successful at that. Uh, you know, you know, in 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 Breaking Bad, and then, and then you know, you, you have that you have that very Saul thing in the boardroom, and then he goes and cashes a check, and he only makes seven hundred bucks. And yeah, that's pretty yep, great. That's who uh, is right And Mike, and Mike with the stickers cracks me up. I think that's a great place to start to start him out. I think it's really funny. So it sounds like there's plenty to like for you. Oh, yeah, it's just sure. that, it's just that overall you're really having trouble with the prequel foundation and kind of tying everything it's, in. It's built on a faulty premise, Aaron. Uh, it's not validating its own existence yet. Why do we have to go backwards? Why couldn't we go forwards and, and do a spin-off with some other character? Uh, why does it Why does it have to be... A, a, like, like it just... 
this was a thing I was worried about until I saw the the, the uh, previews, and now I'm worried about it again. Is that like, why do we have to go backwards? They're, they're just not giving me enough of a reason yet for why we've got to we've got to tell this story over some story moving forward. Uh, if you're gonna do a prequel, you've got to make it feel really really necessary, and I'm just not quite there yet. Hoping I will be. Okay, so uh, Better Call Saul, I'm in. I'm gonna keep watching. Danae, how did you feel after one episode? You gonna watch future episodes? What do you think? Uh, yes, although I don't know that I see myself getting as excited about it as you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what there's just so much that I'm obviously missing out on, so I don't know. Cap, what do you think, uh, uh, you're probably, you know, at least watch a little bit longer, what would the show have to do that you decided to stop watching? Um, it would have to, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you my, my hyperbolic one, but this is not actually true, but my hyperbolic one is, it would have to have Walter White actually meet Saul in the past, if they do that, I'm out, um, they, they, they can't do that, but, um, or, or at least they can't do it in it, be like he would know him, and it would have to be very cameo for it to even sort of work, whatever. Um, no, I'm going to keep going with it. I think it would just have to get, like, so ultra-contrived, like, super-contrived, where, like, every other episode was people I know. Um, that's probably what, what, it, what it would have to do. Uh, right now, I'm mostly in just because of cast. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing... I think they're doing good work, and I think Vince Gilligan is, is too talented for it not to work. You know what I mean? Like, he just... He, he knows how to make television, and he makes it differently than other people. Yeah, yeah. But that's but that's why I was that, that's why I was disturbed by the contrivances because I thought he was above that. Sure. No, that makes sense. It, it is an interesting balance, you know, to figure out how to, uh, you know, please the audience that loved Breaking Bad and at the same time create something new. And and you may be right. Maybe they're falling too far on the you know playing to the audience kind of kind of moments. So, um, we ready to move on? Any other thoughts before we head on to our second topic? Um, I would just say that if you're watching the event page, if you look in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, there's all these little squares. If you click on that, you can submit questions. That's where the conversations and questions are happening. So, I just yep. found it. <laughs> uh, and and we'll go ahead and mention one. William Parcell says that he thinks this is one of the few prequels that uh, could actually be successful. Uh, he says they're often limited because they focus on setting up the original and that they fail to tell their own story. This one actually might work. So I think it's still early. I think that's the other thing. We're still, you know, Even though we're three episodes in, it, it really is still quite a bit early on this. I'm glad we had another episode before we had to talk about this or I would have been a lot more negative. Yeah, episode three is really good. I, re I really enjoyed it. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's move on to topic number two. Uh, recently announced uh, that they are seriously considering doing a Zelda live-action show. I think Netflix was in talks with Nintendo or something like that to set something yeah. up. Um, is this a good idea? Can this work? Uh, I think, uh, I know I've played plenty of Legend of Zelda games. I know, Danae, you have as well, Capnot. I'm, I'm sure you have. What do you guys think about this? Danae, why don't you start this one off? Mm. Um, I think anytime you've got such a long series of a storyline that whether it's in a any format, so in this game, in this case, we've got a game that many of us have experienced at some level or played all the games or whatever. Um, if their storylines have been compelling enough, then I think you can maybe go into some sort of like a live action type thing. I just don't know that, like, for me personally, that I ever really got sucked into Link, Zelda, Ganon stuff. You know, like, I don't know 
what they would pull from there because I'm not very familiar with all the lore of that world. So, you know, if like if, if it was going to be something like um, I'll pull from one of the most rich storylines that I know of, Lord of the Rings, for example, there's so much there. Like there's so many different relationships and things that you can kind of pull on and things like that. I don't know what they're going to do with this. I don't, I'm, I'm nervous about it. Like if, if I was to watch it, I think I'd be like, let's hope this goes well. You know, sure. I have some of those those same feelings um, of being nervous about, you know, what's it going to look like, what are they going to do. But actually, I think the not having a lot of that story spelled out, because it's, it's kind of they tell stories for each game, but they always revolve, you know, around, you know, Link and Ganon and whatever. Um, I think that actually gives it an opportunity to do something interesting because there's a world to create. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, they, I have, they have an environment, but now they have stories that they can possibly tell. If they're interesting. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Cap? Uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, and I'm not a sort of sorcerer guy. I'm not a fantasy guy. I'm not a Zelda guy. Um, I think this is a great idea for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, I trust Netflix right now. Uh, they tend to uh, get the they, they tend to greenlight pro- properties and uh, and series that they're excited about. And um, they give it. They tend to give things to the right people. Uh, I think that uh, the thing that sold me on the idea was that Netflix pitched it as the family-friendly Game of Thrones, and I think we need something like that. I think that's I think that's really good. I think they have a really, really involved uh, fantasy thing that doesn't have a lot of over-the-top sex and violence and that, like, kids can watch. I think that's I think that's great. I think that'd be really good. Uh, you want it to look... You want it to be adult enough that everybody can enjoy it and you can take it seriously, and, and you don't want it to look like, you know, 90s Fox uh, live-action kids show... But you know you don't you don't want it to look like uh, like goosebumps or something. But you also um, but 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 I think that uh, you know if you give it the same, those kind of production values and Netflix seems to be able to throw money at stuff. Uh, if you give it the right production values, I'm with Aaron. I think uh, blank slate not a blank slate but like a uh, a foundation like that where you have um, a lot of lore and iconography uh, and you can. You can kind of go anywhere you want to with it. You can you can inject uh, uh, whatever um, fascinating character stuff you want to. I think that sometimes it's more limiting to straight up adapt something that was already a really good storytelling and really really well character driven. I think that it's that it's that it's much easier to just take something that's kind of you know a, a visual canvas, but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of meat under it yet. You create the meat. Um, no, I, no, I think this is a great idea. I, I I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm super excited about it, and I tell you what, my kids would be through the roof for this show. If they took it seriously and did a serious live action, you know, my brain goes to the old animated cartoon that played with, you know, the, the Mario Brothers cartoon back in the day, Yeah. You know, yeah. Where, where Link had the famous catchphrase, well, excuse me, princess, you know, he was just like this little brat, you know, and, and like, but if they if they took it to a place where it was a legitimate character, and a legitimate world, and I, I think they could hit it out of the park with this because there's just such a built-in fan base. I mean, how many people of how many generations have played Zelda games, you know? It's just, I think it, I think it could be a home run. Well, and if it works, it's going to be really important. Um, I think I can kind of see the strategy behind this, Aaron. Uh, this is here for, this is happening, I think, for a couple reasons. One of them is uh, there has not been very much good live action anything based on video games. It's almost all terrible. And uh, we've been, you know, we haven't seen it happen really in video, with, with like movies yet. Like really good live action video game movies haven't really happened yet. 
um, for the most part. Um, I think that Netflix is looking at, uh, in whatever studios behind this, I think they're looking at what's going on with superhero TV shows and saying, let's be the arrow of video game shows. Um, I think that's happening. I think the other thing that's happening is... Um, is uh, if they can get their feet wet with Zelda, Nintendo will finally maybe allow someone to do something with Mario again. Uh, because ever since the live-action movie tanked, they've been terrified of letting anybody adapt Mario. And, and I rightfully think, so. And I'm and I'm surprised that yeah, but you could do a really great uh, computer animated thing, and Nintendo's just scared to death of giving it to anybody. And so um, I think that first of all, I'm really surprised that Nintendo's greenlighting something like this uh, because they've been they've they've, cut, they've kept some stuff so close to their chest after the Mario incident. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm calling it that. Um, and uh, and then and then after the but, but I I think that uh, maybe it's like you know a window to eventually finally get Mario. What other... I, the more you guys talk about it, the more I'm getting excited about it. Um, I went and found a website, and I've been kind of like poking around the ZeldaProject.net, and there's some really interesting shots in there. There's also like a Deviant Art pa- uh, page, and they have a Vimeo and things like that. So I think I'll look at it a little bit more and poke around and see kind of what that world is. I mean, there's there there are things that they can pull from. There are things that you can be curious about. Um, so I think I'm actually switched a little bit. I don't know that I'm nervous anymore. I think after listening to you guys, I'm getting excited about it. I mean, I, there's obviously things to be nervous about. For one, it could suffer from the same thing that Cap is talking about with Better Call Saul. It could suffer from those, you know, play to the fans moments where, you know, this character from one of the games pops out for no reason other than people will go, oh, look, it's that character from one of the games. You know, so it could it could absolutely suffer from that kind of stuff. But I think if they take it seriously enough, it doesn't have to. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's easier when it's a reimagining and not a and not a prequel, even if you make it an origin thing, which I would imagine is what they'll do, because that seems to be just kind of the go-to thing, where it's like, you know, you reimagine a world, and you've got to start with how everything gets started. I don't think you always have to do that, but that doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily have prequelitis, you know. I am um, now disheartened, because apparently, like, some of these posts are from 2010, so I don't know what website I've just found, but... <laughs> I don't think it's the one I need to be looking at. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, as they get into this, what what else is I find interesting about the possibility of doing this is there really isn't much like video game canon. Like you don't think of like Zelda, like this is the official what happened in the Zelda universe because every video game kind of plays with it how it wants to. Whereas like with Star Wars or something like that, you, you know, you think of this is what you know what's canon, the thing that's accepted as you know kind of the history of this universe. So they'd almost be able to set canon with this TV show in a way, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, and again, it's going to be its own universe, um, and it also doesn't have the same problem as something like Game of Thrones, where uh, you've got the diehard book fans that go, "Ah, you deviated from this, and this story was better in the books," and blah 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 blah. Uh, with, with with something like this, uh, as long as you like all the characters and it feels like Zelda, nobody's going to care what you do. It's good. That's true. That's really true. Doesn't matter. Do 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 whatever you want to with it, you know. Um, it's like and it's a lot easier to reimagine something like this to say reimagine something like, you know, Batman, you know. All right. This question comes from Steve, who says Zelda is a universe that needs a big budget. I'd much prefer an adventure time style animated series, but live action may work. Biggest question: Would you adapt game stories or tell something completely different? If the latter, it might be forced. What do you think? 
Um, I don't know enough about Zelda to know how much actual story is there. And I use story in air quotes because a lot of the time, uh, video game stories, and I know that we're getting more sophisticated with some stuff, but, uh, like, like a lot of the time, video game stories, especially for something like that, like, like, like this is just kind of an excuse to get you to going to the next place. It's all about, um, you know, you know, uh, quests, it's plot driven, um, it's this happens and then this happens, not this person makes this choice and here are the consequences. So, um, I, I don't, I don't care if there are good stories, uh, to adapt, and, and even if it's like there's cool plot stuff, and then you, you know, like, imagine this, imagine if you did the Mario 64 movie, but you actually, like, put some character depth behind it, and had, like, Mario go to all the same places he goes in that game, but there's, like, character dimension, and there's, like, choices that get him to those places, then that's awesome, you know, so, like, um, I guess it just, I don't know, if there's, you know, like, like if, if they go, okay, let's do Majora's Mask, but, like, have more actual character dimension behind it, then okay, you know. Majora's Mask is basically Edge of Tomorrow, right? I mean, that's... I mean, it's... I don't know. I've never played it. I just oh, okay. thought of it. the thing I'd heard of. Which, by the way, is a video game movie that wasn't based on a video game. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow is like playing a video game, and it's yes, interesting it in, in, you know, some ways that that's the only way you can do a video game type movie is to have, like, extra lives, you know? Because that's how video games are. But, uh... But, I was yeah, just sitting here thinking about, like, another video game type world that's very diverse and has a lot of storyline to it because Cap, you were saying, you know, not knowing a lot of Zelda and I think that's sort of what I was trying to mention at the very beginning is I don't really know a lot about the lore but a really great example of there being a video game out there that has tons of lore to pull from is um, World of Warcraft because there are so many books by Blizzard and all that stuff so just thinking that I thought I'd throw that out as just I'm thinking about how Zelda could is both advantaged because of not having that depth of storyline and potentially disadvantaged. So I think, but Kat, when you said, do you trust Netflix? That's something I hadn't really considered before is it sort of depends on who's backing it and what they're capable of doing. So if they can do a great job with it and pull it to life and bring it to life in a whole new way, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for it. I want to see it. If nothing else, like I look at this and I go, yeah, I want to see this. I want to see what you do with this and I, I would love to watch this show. You guys like another Xena warrior princess, or <laughs> let's hope it doesn't go that route, <laughs> or Hercules. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Those it's are amazing well, shows. Like Steve said, you know, it they need to be willing to embrace whatever budget it takes to do the show that they need to do, uh, because the low budget stuff will show. And there so... goes Captain. Oh, Captain has left us. Oh well. Well, we got through Zelda at least. Oh, right That's when we're getting to the comic book part. I know, That's I know. Always, that's always fun. It Hopefully like he'll be back, back quicker on. than last time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for it, if nothing else. It's a show that I would want to watch. So, looks like he's back. So, here's, here's the question for you guys. What other video game would you want to see done in a live-action show? You mentioned World of Warcraft, and they, is that the one for you, or is there something else? doesn't have to be Nintendo, but what video game would you love to see a live-action show or movie made about? League of Legends. Oh, interesting. That could work really well, actually. Right? It's so yeah. fun right now. The graphics are fun. You don't know a lot about the history of the characters. Um, it's, it's just a fascinating game. I think, I think that'd be really cool. That could actually be interesting. What about you, Cap? You got one? 
Well, when I think of uh, video games that would make for good uh, movies or shows, I think of things that don't already have like really great intricate stories because a lot of the time the question is what is the point of adapting it except to like get it to another audience or whatever, and a lot of time you have to truncate stuff. So my mind goes more to stuff that um, that, that kind of makes more sense to do as a serialized narrative and you don't have to play the game. Um, I think, you know, we're about to get uh, another Hitman movie. I think a, like... I think a regular weekly Hitman TV show makes a lot of sense. Um, I think serialize serialize that, you know, um, um, like like uh, like like explore uh, the psychology of a guy who uh, who has to go around murdering people for money and have like a nature versus nurture thing because he was programmed uh, to do that and like follow him on a regular basis instead of just having a couple hour movie um, and then like like your 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 formula is built into that you know every every episode he goes and tries to kill someone what happens um, yeah that's what I would do okay let me let me sell mine to you uh, I want Atari to have a film division based on how uh, Hasbro has with their movies. So just like Hasbro has taken, or, or yeah, she's Hasbro, and, taken and made these big movies out of these board games, like Atari could take a game, like you remember Combat? It came with every Atari 2600, just these little pixels shooting each other. Take that property and build a plot around it, you know? Um, Missile Command. Asteroids, you know, whatever, you know, these properties that, that they may or may not own anymore, I don't actually know. That seems interesting to me to take, like, something from the 8-bit era and translate it into, you know, because when I heard that they were doing board games as movies, uh, you know, I was like, oh, how's that going to work? And some of them have and some of them haven't, but it's an interesting concept at least. Well, what if you and you're talking like pre eight bit even like what like what like what if we what if we did like like just the Nameco movie and we just put Pac Man and Galaga in a film? Together, right? yeah. No, the possibilities yeah, are endless. The Avengers of Namco, something like that. I don't know. I'm reading right. some of the uh, comments uh, on this. What's that? Oh, I'm reading sorry, some of the comments that, that we have for the on the questions yeah. of it. Um, you want me to select one? Yeah, there's some really good comments happening there. Um, okay, yeah, let's talk about this. Zelda series could be interesting. This is from William again. Um, considering the protagonist Link is famous for never talking, is that going to be an issue? Probably. Yeah, you, you, know they, you know they won't do that. I, yeah, I wouldn't think that they would make that mistake of making the main person someone who barely speaks. I mean, if he's shy, then that just means that whomever is on screen with him or adventuring with him is going to be have, have to be very interesting. Do you think? Do you think the actor who they get to play Link will spend some time with like a vocal coach trying to get down like the like the little yelps and yells that he does in the video games, like yeah or whatever? You know? Do you think he'll, <laughs> he'll work so. on those? You Let's think they'll go that far? That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, if Zelda is successful, it will open the door to so much. And this, a couple people have mentioned this, maybe a good Final Fantasy series. Yeah, Final Fantasy. That was another one that crossed my mind when we were talking about the video game stuff earlier. Uh, oh, and apparently there's a Space Invaders movie already. I was, yeah, I just saw that one come up too. That so, would be interesting. Yeah, so I might actually get my wish. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. The Space Invaders movie is like a bunch of tanks 
all in a row shooting at stuff, moving back and forth, and then one, right. one general says to the other general, uh, why are we moving this slow? And frankly, why are these guys moving so slow? And why don't we just nuke the whole thing? Like, why? It'll be like the Battleship movie, you know? It's Where like, they have to make, like, a giant force field so that the other two yeah. sides can't see each other? Yeah. That's hilarious. I didn't see that movie, but that cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. At, you talk about forced, like, references. Battleship movie was one of the worst at that. It was, yeah. Yeah, but I heard that it was, Vince liked it because he said it was really intentional and that it was so tongue-in-cheek about it that it was that it was, that it was was great, but I didn't see it. I suppose if you want to watch it with those eyeballs, you can, but, uh... That is not. Those aren't the eyes that I watched it with. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, you might, you know, you might have to go to the orthodontist. Uh, orthodontist. Wow. I'm tired. <laughs> anyway, did I say that? That's pretty funny. Optometrist. Whatever. Uh, we knew what you meant. Okay. We are coming up on our hour, but I did want to kind of get to the last topic, especially because um, we haven't talked about it yet. It's kind of been in the news here for a little bit, but Spider-Man and um, uh, I should say Sony in Marvel have kind of gone through talks to allow Spider-Man back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, meaning Spidey could show up in Avengers movies, and maybe as early as, what, Cap 3 next summer? Is that is that what I'm hearing? You might see some Spider-Man cameo in that. So how do we feel about that? Is this, I mean, I think, I'll start this one since you guys started the others. I love this idea. I want as much communication and an intersection as serves the story. You know, if this isn't, uh, you know, a, a great way to get another character who has you know, backstory and that kind of stuff that we know into this universe, I'm all for it. I think it, it could work very, very well. What do you guys think? Let's go to Pluto. Pluto as a planet who got booted out, and uh, we may vote you back in someday. How would you feel about being voted back in? <laughs> what? That's all, that's all I think. Well, you know, like, he got voted out. Like, if that's what it felt like when Aaron started, was talking about, like, Spider-Man. He's like, okay, we're going to accept you back in now, Spider-Man. You can come back yeah, over like, on the other side. It was like Spider-Man was at Exile Island and Survivor. Yeah. You know? It was like... Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, um... I'm kind it's of bored with Spider-Man like at this at point, though, so... Oh. Okay, okay, well, anyway. I, I said it's not like that at... The, that's not even kind of an analogy that makes any kind of sense. <laughs> It does when you don't know a lot about Spider-Man. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, well, lots of things make sense when you're ignorant. Okay. <laughs> I definitely am ignorant to Spider-Man. I will totally own up on that. I know zero about the history, but I am, as someone who watches movies and things like that, I am tired of Spider-Man. So I think I'll probably let you guys talk about this one because obviously I'll just relate it to Pluto. So. <laughs> well, so, but what I but what I hear you saying before before Cap goes is you've seen enough Spider-Man recently and you're not sure that you need any more. If they can if they can make it interesting, you know, and keep it go into some place that I haven't seen yet. But I've seen a lot of the stories run, and I hope they don't keep going back over the same ones over and over again. Like if they can find a different perspective or something to show me as an audience, then I think I'll stay engaged. Or if they can tell a really you know a great new version that can stand the test of time and when people think back to Spider-Man in 20 years, they think of this new development, whatever's coming down the line. That's, I think that's more important to me than, than anything. But um, So basically you don't need to see Uncle Ben die again, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or the spider bite again. I don't need to see that again. I've seen that now, many times. <laughs> what do you think, Cap? 
Well, that's all moot points, guys, because they're not doing that. I mean, they've, they've already come out and said, we're not doing Origin. Um, Marvel had a number of stipulations uh, for making a deal with Sony. One of the big ones, two of the big ones uh, were, uh, we're not doing Origin again. He's already going to be in the suit when you first see him. Uh, he, he, they're going to they're gonna go early still. He's still going to be in high school, so he won't have been around for very long. And frankly, he can't be, or it would feel really shoehorned in, right? Because we've had the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe running since 08 with Iron Man. So like, where has he been? Why has nobody been talking about him? So he's got to, we've got to see him fairly new out the gate, but they're not going to make us watch that stuff again. We've, we've been there and done that. Um, they, they didn't they didn't want Garfield again. They didn't want to uh, try to incorporate the universe, the the, 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 uh, the amazing universe. Um, they wanted to go their own way with it. And uh, that I think they probably just found all that stuff too convoluted. And frankly, a lot of people didn't like it. So, they, you know, suddenly they, they'd have to try to find a way to incorporate that in a way that, um, you know, fit their vision and people would suddenly be okay with, uh, you know, movies that they found either lackluster or with the case of two, just really bad, a lot of, pe- a lot of people felt. Um, I think this is best case scenario because uh, if we had gotten Amazing Spider-Man 3, it would have either tanked or it would have made money but everybody would have hated it again because people just weren't, were not on board with that franchise. Um, I liked two better than a lot of people did. I was excited to see uh, what they would do in, in um, finishing all that out because that ended on a cliffhanger and they were building Sinister City and it, it's going to be really weird never getting a conclusion to that because I like I think those movies are going to fall completely out of, into obscurity. Like nobody's going to remember those in twenty years because we didn't finish them up. And if Spider-Man is successful, like uh, Danae was saying in Marvel Cinematic, um, that will become the definitive version. Spider-Man is the uh, big Marvel tentpole character. Uh, having Marvel without Spider-Man is like having DC without Batman. It's weird. And uh, so it's, it's, it's nice that he's finally going home. I would have liked to have seen one more movie uh, just to round out that last franchise, but that was not going to happen. So, uh, Or if it did happen, it would have been really strange because they would have had to recast because they had already kicked Garfield out. So they, they cleaned up a mess and they cleaned it up fast and I'm really surprised by how quickly they were able to come to the table and make that happen. So no, this is best case scenario. So what does it look like then, Cap? Like, is it is he going to be a cameo in Cap Three and then become a greater part of the movies, or two thousand seventeen? He gets his own solo film. So, uh, in so so yeah, they're talking. They're they're saying, and I think this is pretty much just I've uh, uh, confirmed now that uh, he's going to be in Cap Three. We don't know if it's just cameo or if he's going to be involved at all. I hope that he's not a big part of that because his big part of Civil War in the comics was unmasking. And you can't start Spider-Man where he just straight up says, yep, I'm Peter Parker. We did that with Iron Man, first of all. And second of all, all of, uh, all of the great character drama with Spider-Man comes from uh, the, the, uh, the dual identity. So you don't want to have that. No, I, I think it'll be an after-credits thing, more, like, more, than, more than likely. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just going to kind of um, I, I, you know, make that a placeholder and say, look, we got Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, he's getting his own solo movie in 2017. So And that's confirmed? I hadn't read that. That's, that's oh, something yeah. that they've confirmed? Yep. In fact, uh, that was one of the first things that they that, that they uh, that they said when they uh, first announced it, and they actually moved a couple of dates back uh, for movies that they had already. I can't remember which ones. I think one might have been uh, Black Panther. I forget. But they've already moved a couple dates back for for um, some of their other movies just to accommodate that and make it happen. Does it blow anybody else's mind that Marvel's schedule runs out to 2020 already? Like I'm just like when his I. Like I mean I I get it and it's and it's beautiful you know if you're you're looking forward to this stuff and they've certainly hit it out of the park so far that just that just blows my mind how far ahead they look 
That's well, not that far ahead, though, when you think of all that goes into making a movie. Yeah, let me let me suggest that, first of all, they... they like like they're successful. Everything they put out now makes close to a billion dollars. They can they can take those kinds of risks. Second of all, um, it sounds crazy when you think about it like one uh, interconnected franchise, Aaron, and that's what it is. But if you think about it like a studio, no, that's not crazy at all. I mean, like look, no, look, at, right. any, look at any movie studio and how far out are their are, are their dates. But here's the difference. Here's the difference, and you kind of touched on it, which is that this is kind of like a franchise. The difference is other studios, um, and maybe this is changing because actually Pixar has done a little bit more of this uh, recently as well. It's not like they say, okay, this is happening here. They just plan and they start working on stuff and they shoot for you know goals. And usually they're you know a couple years out, maybe two or three years out. Or like I think of like the Avatar movies. They've had kind of some shifting dates. They kind of knew where they were in the future, you know that kind of thing. And now it's solidifying as you know we're getting closer. But it's just it's interesting to me that this one franchise that has like three or four movies a year, you know, um, is just is planned out that far because I'm just thinking, well, what if the next six, you know, in the next couple of years, what if something happens and the audience reacts differently and you've already planned, you know, a spinoff for this character and what if people don't like it? You know, I just it just seems a little more uh, dangerous. It seems a little more risky. Yeah. It is, and that's what I love about it—that they're willing to take those kinds of risks. I let me let me touch real quick on two things you said. First of all, uh, there's not a single movie they've greenlit that is a uh, that is a, a a spinoff or a sequel to something that they haven't already seen performed. That's the first thing. Um, it, like like Guardians did huge giant numbers. Not surprised to see a sequel to that. Uh, everything else that they that, that they that they've greenlit, uh, either more Avengers stuff or singular characters that they don't know how it's going to perform yet. So um so so there's that. Second of all, what you're seeing, and I think this is really cool we're educating the masses about this. What you're seeing is the way that the big two, DC and Marvel, um, have to plan comics. This is comic book storytelling. This is how we do it. Uh, they plan this far out. It's like when you have giant mega events and stuff like this, uh, that's that's how we do it. I mean, what you're seeing is uh, Marvel run like Marvel Studios run essentially like a multi-million dollar comic book company. Got a great comment here from Steve that I wanted to read. Uh, it says, I'm glad they didn't have Spider-Man. Marvel, uh, early on, I assume he's talking about, Marvel films worked since they were forced to be creative and make people like Iron Man uh, A-list characters. That uh, They were forced to make people like Iron Man A-list characters. Now that Marvel has an identity and people know the characters, Spider-Man won't steal the show. That's a great point. That, that this right. worked out actually really nicely for them because it allowed them to show what they could do with their quote-unquote minor characters who are now major characters. And, you know, now Spider-Man comes in and he feels like part of the team. He doesn't feel like, you know, it's all about him. I think that's that really is a really good point. point. The big thing... Yeah, the big thing I'm worried about, and Steve and I have talked about this, uh, the big thing I'm worried about is... Uh, Spider they'll, they'll probably make him an Avenger, and Spider-Man has never worked well as an Avenger. I don't want to see that. I'm sure that's well where they'll go with it. Uh, the big thing that some comic fans are kind of worried about is just that Spider-Man hasn't been great in a lot of years. Uh, some people love Dan Slott, but I'm not one of them. And um, Spider-Man is sadly, even though it's their tenfold character, kind of the character Marvel does not know how to handle anymore. So it'll be interesting to see if they can fix that in the movies because comics these days, they don't they don't know what they're doing with them. Uh, acquiring minds want to know this. This comment has been. This question has been asked, and it's been uh, plussed several times. So we'll go ahead and, and ask you, Cap. Uh, why do you keep rubbing your forehead? <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry. You're cutting in and out really weird. Oh, the question from Edward is: Why does Cap keep rubbing his forehead? 
Why am I rubbing my... I was rubbing my forehead? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. He's sleepy. I, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Um, He's sleepy. This is what, sorry, I don't He's have an interesting answer. Uh, yeah, that, that's what it is. Exactly. All right. Um, here's here's a question I have. Does this bode well for other, <laughs> Does this bode well for other Marvel um, properties? I'm thinking specifically of X Men. Does X Men look to make a return to the Marvel universe from Fox? Like, do you think that is down the line? How do you think all that'll work out? Fantastic Four, I guess, no, would be another one. Has, yeah, Fantastic Four is a possibility, but that all depends on Josh Trank's film and how it performs. Uh, this has nothing to do with popularity of characters. This has everything to do with um, with money and studios trying to figure out how to best capitalize on on um, I, I, things they own already and uh, papers they signed eons ago. Uh, the thing with Sony is they just didn't want to have to let go of Spider-Man because he's one of their big giant selling characters, but they were in trouble and uh, they, you know, they didn't want to lose the money that they could make keeping the character. But what, what you got to, and I don't know if you if you know how this works with them and the arrangement they have with Marvel, but um, Sony gets. Uh, like like a lot of money from uh, from merchandising and stuff. So as long as they still own that character, it doesn't matter who's making um, who's making those movies. Um, they they just they just need to try to keep their foothold so they can keep making money from it. Uh, I don't think they'll make as much money as they used to. Um, but I don't know what their contract is exactly now because this is like a joint effort thing. I think you'll actually see Sony's name with Marvel's name on anything that has Spider-Man in it. Uh, Likely, I don't know. I guess we'll see, but no, um, it won't happen with X Men until uh they screw that continuity up so bad that nobody goes and sees those movies. Uh, they're in a good place after Days of Future Path. That won't happen for at least a decade. So you think never. it's more a matter of that Spider Man was was ready to collapse, and so they knew they had oh, to yeah. do something. Otherwise, they would have just kept it for themselves. Yeah, they were they were in trouble. I mean, it, like like Marvel had everything to to gain, and Sony had everything to lose on this. Uh, this was Sony coming up with some way not to lose it. Uh, but yeah, moving forward, I don't know if you know what's going on with X Men, but I mean, like they, they've greenlit a Deadpool movie. They're doing more spinoffs. They got Gambit going on. Uh, X Men is its own shared universe. That's not going back to Marvel anytime soon. And I can't think of any reason because again, the distinction is Spider Man's not going back to Marvel so much as I mean, it is as far as being in that continuity, but so much as these two companies joining forces to make more Spider-Man happen. Um, I can't think of any reason Fox would make a similar arrangement with Marvel unless they were in trouble. Are we headed And that towards means that Marvel may... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, are we headed towards a world where basically every movie that comes out over the course of the year is either a comic book property, um, a Oscar contender, or an animated film? Like, it just feels like those are the three types of movies that, you know, happen. I just, like, it just it just feels like there's too much of that. It's going to crowd everything else out. Is that fair? I'm just trying well, to think, like... I'm not worried that. about that yet. I think that it's uh, popular... Sorry, we have a weird lag. Uh-oh. We do have a weird lag. I don't have a lag. Um, I, I, I guess I'll start talking yeah. until somebody else starts talking because I don't know what's going on. Um, but, but what I what I was gonna say is um I I think Aaron is exactly the same thing as westerns. Um, as long as they're good, people keep seeing them, and when when um when the people making them get tired of them, we'll get tired of them too. Um, 
I mean, yeah, we need more variety, uh, you know, but, like, that's not that's not on the people that are making comic book movies and animated movies and Oscar contenders. That's on the people that aren't making anything else and making them popular the way that those things have become popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because Oscar contenders aren't even necessarily popular. They just, you know, they, they have a different kind of money that they make by doing those kind of prestige well, no, projects. True. Yeah. So, um, so it's just kind of this interesting niche, kind of that film circuit, you know, um, film festival circuit kind of film that you know gets picked up and makes money even though it didn't cost that much to make. So, right today? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally following all that stuff that you guys are talking about. Totally not thinking about well, cookies uh, or anything. No, not at all. Uh, man, I appreciate all the, the interaction in the comments. I wish we could have got some more questions. Um, Danae, do you yeah, see any others that you want to... Um, <laughs> Captain's kind of out, and a lot of these are really aimed towards... So the questions that are coming in are you know, things like um, basically about Spidey and, and all of that conversation. And I'm definitely not a, a professional in that realm. I don't know a lot about that stuff. So I don't know that I would feel comfortable asking a question unless Captain was here. I'm here. Oh, there. There's Captain. He's back. Yeah. Sorry, I dropped out real quick to see my um, Ah, uh, yes. I th I'm sure we're just dealing with an internet hiccup somewhere, so... Um, but yes, but that's that's pretty much it. Unless you guys had anything else that you wanted to mention, we'll, we'll kind of close up shop. Yeah. I've said my two cents. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Today? Yeah, I have. I'm feeling a little awkward because it's cutting in and out. I really don't know what's going on. So that's <laughs> the best way. That's the best way. I'm like, I'm like, I can't hear anything. I feel like the old lady sitting in the corner that has ear, earring, hearing aids that have failed, and you're just smiling, going, uh huh. I have no idea what's happening. All right. Well, we'll finish with this. Um, Edward says that a Tetris movie is in development. That could be genius. I have no idea what it's going to be, but that could be absolute genius. I can't wait. Uh, Oscar winner for whatever year it comes out, Tetris, <laughs> the movie. Uh, thank you for tuning in to our conversation through the technical difficulties. We appreciate it. Um, we will be uh, back in about two weeks on... Uh, from now is first Saturday, March, around 3 p.m. Central. So hopefully we'll have some of the technical issues fixed then. But uh, for the geek and the girl, uh, who is apparently dropped out and uh, dropping back in, is the, is the geek still here? Geek? Yes. Hello? Captain Hello. Logan? Yes. No, I've just, been, I've just been relegated to cool. the... Okay. <laughs> I'm the critic, and uh, we'll catch you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.